I have a bit of history and a prophetic word for you. It's becoming increasingly clear that the passionate warriors of King Jesus must now rise. It's time to reset a nation. It's time to reset a world according to God's principles, according to his ways. The human race whom God loves and who Christ died for suffers horribly if we don't. Our own children will suffer horribly if we don't. Violence will escalate if we don't. Because clueless fools in authority have allowed a siege of hell to now begin, and that siege must be broken. Yes, the shaking is on. We were told that it would be, but don't get shook. Yes, a fierce war season has begun. We were told it would. Don't get shook. But we are also told reset is coming. Don't get shook. There is a siege in biblical history that in many ways is paralleling our times right now. It instructs the true church, the true ecclesia. The nominal church won't even look at it. We must. It pictures seemingly impossible a seemingly impossible situation that changed. It looked impossible, but it wasn't. It pictures a time of great shaking. It pictures a fierce war season. It reveals demon powers, thrones of evil, rulers of darkness behind horrible atrocities in the earth. It reveals demon principalities behind wicked regimes and their ideologies. It reveals terrifying and diabolical actions in the earth realm. It reveals demon thinking through human beings that are under the influence of the de demonic realm. And now, this past Ancient siege in history is being attempted again in our times. History is repeating itself. Demons, fallen princes that fell with Lucifer are attempting another siege of evil. It pictures hopelessness that brought great shaking, but from that shaking, hope rose and victory did come. Reset came. And it reveals prophetic words that have stood through the centuries. And Holy Spirit is breathing those words fresh again this day, this morning. They are living promises, prophesying into this moment, prophesying nothing's impossible, prophesying hope can spring forth from hopelessness. Let's go back through the centuries to the first siege of hell's fallen princes and their influence. Their influence through demon ideology in and through a nation. After all, we are told 
in 2 Corinthians 2.11, do not be ignorant of satanic activity or strategies. So let's see demon ideology through deceived regimes. Let's see the deception obscuring truth in the hearts and minds of multitudes, millions of people that we see even this day. We saw a similar siege as I'm going to talk about in World War II. And now demon thrones, rulers of darkness using this diabolical idea, ideology is at it again. And we must hear a bit of history and hear God prophesy fresh to us through it. Isaiah 54, Isaiah the prophet is prophesying the word of God to Hezekiah, the king of Judah. The year is 690 B.C. Isaiah 54, 15 message. If anyone attacks you, don't for a moment suppose that I sent them. And if any should attack, nothing will come of it. No weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. Any accuser who takes you to court will be dismissed as a liar. This is what God's servants can expect. I'll see to it that everything works out for the best. God's decree. King James Version, verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. The background of these verses helps us understand our times. First, a prophetic word. June 2nd, 2013, a decade ago on Sunday morning here, I received a prophetic download, which I gave then. It was a word that I knew I must study, and I have. The word of the Lord. The Lord says there is coming multi-generations of warriors that I will prepare who will be called my war eagles. They will ride the waves of my spirit. They will ride the waves of my presence. And as my war eagles, they will fly, picked up by the force of the outrayings of my presence. They will do the manifest works of my kingdom in ways apostles and prophets have done. For they will rise with an apostolic 
and prophetic mantle upon them. They will go forth into the earth as my healers, deliverers, and truth bearers. Great signs and wonders will be seen as I manifest my presence and power through their lives. Behold, there is now coming the rise of young reformers who will partner with angel armies and with my remnant warrior army. They will align with my heart. For the Lord says, my kingdom will surely grow and prosper. And now, riding the waves of my amplified presence will be a unique eagle force that will confound the world. They will answer to me, says the Lord, not passive religion. They will hear my voice in keen ways, and I will cause them to understand my heart. They will partner with me and my angels in ways never done before. They will demonstrate the uniqueness of those who have the nature of Christ and his abilities birthed inside of them. Yes, waves of iniquity will rise against them, but I will expose its source and provide great power to prevail. The uniqueness of, of my war eagles, says the Lord, will be seen in their ability to be one with me, flowing in my presence. My war eagle force will ride my presence to enforce my purpose and my plans. My war eagles will extend my kingdom throughout the earth realm. Six times the Lord says, my war eagles will rise in my presence. And so I began to study and do research. I have looked in ancient Bible history. I have studied Joseph. Josephus and the Greek theologian and historian Herodotus and um, Matthew Henry's commentaries, Finus Dake's commentary, and Greek scholar Spiro Zodiades. But more than that, I've asked Holy Spirit for prophetic understanding. The first mention of war eagles occurs in a time when Jerusalem was under siege by ruthless terrorists, by savages. The most vicious kingdom ever on the earth was the Assyrians, 700 B.C. They were ruthless. They were barbaric. Their king at the time was Sennacherib. And second, uh, the Assyrians and Sennacherib decided they would conquer the entire Middle East, they would have an empire that ruled the world. And so the conquest began. Again, they were vicious. They were cruel. They, they were bloodthirsty, hate-filled, heartless. They displayed no conscience. They were brutal. They were hell-bent. They conquered other nations by using cruelty as an intimidating weapon. They would demoralize, they would, they would dominate, and they would massacre. 
The Assyrians were famous for skinning their captors while still alive and tacking the skin on the side of buildings or trees to deter any resistance against them, surrender or prepare to be tortured. Their descendants, their disciples are called ISIS today or they are called Hamas today, the violent ones. Historians tell us that they maintained their kingdom through fear. To describe this more clearly, Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin both studied, both studied the Assyrian war tactics. Hitler particularly was captivated with Sennacherib's own writings about his campaigns. They were written in baked clay and discovered in the ruins of, of Nineveh, in, Nineveh in 1830. Nineveh was the Assyrian capital. Those writings are now stored at the Oriental Institute in Chicago. Sennacherib wrote of his armies describing them as terrifying splendor. Hitler loved the concept and took on the philosophy of Sennacherib in World War II, using torture tactics to demoralize, to massacre, to intimidate and to, to, to conquer. He wanted terrifying splendor, kill Jews, Massacre, annihilate them, burn them. And he used those tactics, killing six million Jews in the Holocaust. It's something we want to turn our face from. But we, we, we cannot. Hell is counting on that. Hell is counting on our passivity. Sadly, it's not hard to see the demon powers behind Hitler still at work. The hatred you see is demonic. Millions are under the spell of demon ideology. Principalities and powers of hell, thrones of darkness are still stirring violence in the earth realm. The demon prince of Persia that I've talked about for three weeks or so, uh, uh, the demon prince of ancient Babylon is is still present today over Iran, Persia, Iran, still at work. And we must battle and overthrow diabolical plans, just as Daniel did in his day, just as happened in the days of the Syrian empire, just as happened in World War II. This Assyrian campaign, led by Sennacherib, lasted some 17 years, and it was 17 of some of the worst years in history. They first, the, this terrifying Assyrian army first went and they took Babylon, then the Kasites, and then the Lusabagallians, and then Tyre, Sidon. Escalon, Akita, Ekron, and the Elamite base along the shores of the Persian Gulf, what is now India, 
Pakistan, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Armenia, Turkey, Egypt, Ethiopia. What we now simply call the Middle East. Sennacherib and his Assyrian Empire took it all, country after country after country, and there was no country that could withstand them. From these nations or from these regions, the Assyrians would choose 2,000 people from individual people groups as their captives to send back to Nineveh, their capital, to be slaves of the empire. For example, 2,000 men, 2,000 women, 2,000 carpenters, 2,000 artisans, 2,000 rich, 2,000 poor, 2,000 children. The rest were just dispersed as refugees or killed. Mostly, they were killed. Also, it was at this point that Sennacherib implemented the impaling poles. The impaling pole was about 10 feet high, was set into the ground, sharpened to a point on the end, and captors will be strapped over the poles until finally, in exhaustion, they would begin to slide down, and their weight would impale them. Some of the stronger ones could last three or four days. The pain was excruciating, but the thought intimidated the world. Similar to beheading a baby, beheading an infant, or putting one in an, a microwave in front of their parents. Historians tell, indeed, Sennacherib brags in his own writings that over two and a half million people were tortured on those poles or other torture tactics during this 17-year reign of this Assyrian, this conquest. It's truly hard to get your mind around two and a half million, but remember in the past hundred years, six million died and there were other holocausts. There were so many poles or impaling poles planted outside of the cities a thousand here, a thousand there, two thousand elsewhere, that they simply be called, began to call those areas black forests because of the decaying bodies. And of course, the news began to spread quickly of this new cruelty. And more nations aligned with Sennacherib, the Assyrians, uh, because they just, they didn't, they didn't want to experienced the brutality. They just surrendered without firing a shot. After taking nation after nation, Sennacherib then sets his sights on Israel, sets his sight on Judah. Let me explain that very quickly. Israel is the northern kingdom, and it has 10 tribes. It's called uh, its, its capital is called Sam Samaria. The northern kingdom, ten tribes, capital Sam Samaria. To the south is Judah, two tribes there, and its capital was Jerusalem. Both Judah and Israel had kings. That confuses some people when they read. Well, who was king? It says Israel and then 
You could be two kings, northern king, southern king, Israel, Judah. The king of Israel at this time was Hoshea. Now Hoshea and the people of Samaria, that's the northern kingdom, served many gods. They were apostate at this point. Jehovah was just one of them. They, they worshipped idols and they did not obey God. The king of Judah at this time, he was the most righteous king Judah ever had, according to the word. And his name is Hezekiah. Hezekiah loved God and he served God faithfully. Hezekiah also had a prophet that he consulted regularly. And the prophet's name was Isaiah. 2 Kings 18, verse 1, Message Bible tells us this. In the third year of Hoshea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, began his rule over Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he ruled for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. In God's opinion, which would matter, in God's opinion, he was a good king. He kept to the standards of, of his ancestor David. There was no king quite like him either before or after. He held fast to God, never loosened his grip, and obeyed to the letter everything God had commanded Moses. And God, for his part, held fast to him through all his adventures. And he was about to engage quite an adventure. So, Sennacherib, who is now in about the 12th year of his horrible conquest, this horrible war of unimaginable brutality, he sets his sights on Israel and upon Judah. And his armies laid siege on Samaria, the capital of Israel, the northern kingdom. They completely surrounded it. Well, King Hosea and the inhabitants of, of Samaria, they, they held out for three long years, horrendous years, until finally they lost the battle and Samaria was conquered by Sennacherib. And again, the, the, the Syrian army was vicious. They were extra vicious this time. They massacred thousands and they brought the impaling poles with them. They also, again, took 2,000 men, 2,000 women from, from Israel back to Assyria to be slaves. But this time they added to their usual cruelty. This time on the 2,000 women, they removed their left ear, the tip of their nose, their left hand, their left big toe, and their left breast. And on the 2,000 men, they removed their bottom lip, their right ear, their right eye, their right big toe. In other words, they disfigured them 
and sent them to be slaves. 2 Kings 18, verse 11, Message Bible picks up the narrative there. The king of Assyria, Sennacherib, took Israel into exile and relocated them in Hala, in Gozan, on the Harbor River, and in the towns of the Medes. All this happened because they didn't listen to the voice of their God and treated his covenant with careless contempt. They refused either to listen or do a word of what Moses, the servant of God, had commanded. When a nation treats our God with careless contempt, they are in for horrible consequences. If it happened to Israel, America, don't think it can't happen here. You need to wake up. Israel's disobedience caused them to fall. Their disobedience brought consequences. It brought a great shaking. Their idolatry allowed the enemy to penetrate the nation. So now only Judah's left. And Sennacherib zeroes in. He sends his military leaders with a letter. He sends a message to King Hezekiah. Give up or we will now attack the cities of Judah. Second Chronicles 32.10 picks it up. A proclamation of Sennacherib, king of Assyria. You poor people, do you think you're safe in that so-called fortress of Jerusalem? You're sitting ducks. Do you think Hezekiah will save you? Don't be stupid. Hezekiah has fed you a pack of lies when he says God will, will save us from the power of the king of Assyria. He's lying. You're all going to end up dead. Wasn't it Hezekiah who cleared out all the neighborhood worship shrines and told you there's only one legitimate place to worship? Do you have any idea what I and my ancestors have done to all the countries around here? Well, to placate Sennacherib, Hezekiah sends a response, and the response was that he would now pay a very high ransom if they would just leave, leave them alone. And he did, even robbing gold from the temple. And he sent shipments of gold and shipments of silver to Sennacherib. But it didn't stop him. Sennacherib took the money and began to amass his forces. King Hezekiah's spies came and they reported, you're still going to attack. There are thousands and thousands of soldiers marching our way at this moment. And so Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem prepare for this attack. And you can read about that in 2 Kings 18 or, or 2 Chronicles 32. It's pretty fascinating. But it wasn't long until they came. And they came with a vengeance. 
Hezekiah wakes one morning and his staff comes and says, you need to come to the Jerusalem walls. And when he does, he looks and he sees 260,000 Assyrian warriors surrounding Jerusalem. They're camped everywhere. We're told that few could go out, few could come in. There were some of Hezekiah's spies that could get out through the underground system and aqueducts, but they were now under siege. And this siege would last for two very long years, putting the people of God in desperate and in famine con conditions, many starved to death. During these two years, Sennacherib's military leaders would at times approach the walls and read letters from him very loud so everybody could hear over the inside and the walls. Tartan was a commander of the of the Syrian army, Rapsarius, the leader of division heads, and Rabshakeh, the chief of the captains, all read letters. And then they would hand the letters up to those on the wall to give to Hezekiah. And there were times when Hezekiah would take those letters, and along with Isaiah the prophet, they would take these letters to the temple, and they would spread the letters out before God. And say, here's what the enemy says. It was their way of casting the care uh, uh, upon, upon him. These military leaders not only read the, the letters, but they also would uh, personally begin to shout insults loud and over the walls. They would shout things like, you are idiots. Hezekiah's fed you a pack of lies. You're just all going to die. Don't listen to him. Your kids are going to starve to death. You're crazy if you think your God will save you. Look around. Look around at all the nations and all the countries. None of their gods could withstand us. Your God won't either. And it was at that point that one of them shouted, in fact, your God's worse. Your God's worse than all the others put together. You're never going to make it. Hezekiah is a liar. Well, along with the daily threats came some bad reports. The Assyrians did begin to attack and massacre surrounding cities of Judah. In all, history tells us they took 46 cities, towns of Judah. And Hezekiah would hear, he would hear the, the reports. This city's been captured, been taken, 500 dead. And then another thousand dead. Another, another, another. Forty-six during this two-year times, one after the other. Also, the Assyrians did bring victims from some of those cities to start in impaling poles around Jerusalem. hundred here, another two hundred tomorrow. The black forest now surrounding them. Historians Josephus and Herodotus tell us that all of Jerusalem smelled as death. That 
That is the background of the opening scripture I read. That's the context, and context matters. Context prophesies. And that's the point when war eagles first appear in history. Towards the end of the second year siege of the siege, Hezekiah looks out over the wall. He sees the black forest. He sees 260,000 Assyrian warriors. And though he's been very strong, he, he begins to doubt if they're going to make it. I mean, he doesn't want to, but facts are staring him right in the face. And the king becomes discouraged. And who can blame him? He becomes discouraged. And right at that low point, it's at that point that Sennacherib releases three new war tactics. Three new weapons that the Assyrians developed for this siege. Yeah, they were, they were used often from then on through the centuries, but this was the first time they were used. They were made for this siege. Hezekiah and the people of God begin to hear loud, piercing, screeching screams of eagles. Over the past 17 years, the Assyrian army had been raising and training 7,000 Himalayan golden eagles, and they had just brought 700 of them to this siege in Jerusalem. The Syrian warriors would tie weights to the eagle's legs, metal weights or chunks of, of rock that were attached to leather straps to dangle from the talons of the eagles. These, these eagles were, were some of the largest in the world. They had eight to nine foot wingspans. These, angel, these, these eagles were so strong that the soldiers would take leather straps and wrap them around their own wrists and then wrap them to the talons uh, to the eagles' legs and, and grip them to control them. They would then hold them over their heads and run towards the walls, releasing them, releasing their grip to launch the eagle the eagle would scream and begin to fly. The idea was to get the eagles to hunt a target and hit it with the metal weights or rocks wrapped to the talons. They were trying to, they were trying to hunt people with eagles. Eagles can, of course, fly at incredible speeds when they are attacking prey or as they stealthily hunt, and they're relentless. When they tire, they simply mount up, forcing air into their lungs to reoxygenate, to re-strengthen, and then keep going. This tactic did not work very well at all. In fact, it failed, it backfired miserably because the eagles couldn't tell friend from foe. But you can imagine the terror this would have caused, and that was a part of it, part of the point. 
You can imagine the intimidation of hearing 700 eagles screaming overhead. I mean, the people didn't know what was going to happen. The sentries, they were afraid to even climb the walls. Well, it was at this point of the siege that God speaks to the prophet, the prophet Isaiah. He says to him, I need you to go and prophesy to King Hezekiah. And God uses this failed enemy tactic to prophesy. He's using it again in our times. He uses this failed enemy tactic to prophesy through the prophet of the Lord one of the greatest words of promise in history. Isaiah comes before the king and he says, Hear the word of the Lord, Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Amazingly, that prophecy that we've quoted so many times was given as Sennacherib's eagles helped besiege the city. The word wait is the Hebrew word quava, and it doesn't mean, it's a poor translation really, it doesn't mean what we might think, it doesn't mean just wait or just be patient. No, quava, the word for wait means they that wait upon the Lord. Wait means to bind together by twisting, or it's the word for braid, like you braid someone's hair together. You braid or you wrap it. That's the word. You wrap it. You, you braid it. Isaiah says, Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Wrap yourself to God. Braid yourself to him. Tie yourself to the talons of God. Your enemy may be wrapped to Himalayan eagles, but, but you can be wrapped to God, and if you will do that, your strength will be renewed. You will reoxygenate. You'll run and not grow weary. Hezekiah, God says, wrap yourself to me and become one of my war eagles. Braid yourself to me and join my eagle brigade. Mine's stronger. Mine's far more powerful. Mine's faster. I'm strong enough to bear you up on eagle's wings, Exodus 19.4 says. Psalms 91, I will raise you up on wings of eagles. My, my winds can lift, to, can lift you to rise up and soar above your enemies. Tie yourself to me and ride with me against Sennacherib's diabolical regime. What a word. Well, this revived King Hezekiah. And he keeps on going. A couple of months go by. And Hezekiah keeps telling the people, now God's going to come through. He's, he's, going to, we're, he's going to fight for us. God's coming through. 
But at the end of a couple of months, his faith is tested again. And he looks over the walls and he sees weapons two and weapon three, the catapult and the towers that had never been used before. This was the first time in history the catapult or towers were used. And they were made by the Assyrians for this siege of Jerusalem. The catapult was a huge, it, it was a, like a huge sling with pulleys. And they could throw boulders the size of like bowling balls to, to crash. They could send them 300 yards, three football fields. They could send these boulders. They could sling huge boulders against the gates. And they were beginning to break down the walls of protection with this. The towers were huge winding stairs built on carts with wheels. The oxen would pull these stairs up to the wall so the enemy could run up the stairs and just jump over the walls. Hezekiah begins to hear the crashing sound of boulders flying into the city. Boulders flying against the gates. Boulders flying against the walls. He sees the towers being built. And after 17 years of, of war in nation after nation, he knows this is no idle threat. It's coming to a head now. Sennacherib sends another letter. Another letter to be shouted over the walls and he says in it, surrender or die. And this time he adds, God sent me to do this to you. God has sent me to destroy, to annihilate you. He says, God's on my side. He says, look, I'm not the one under siege, you are. I'm not the one under threat, you are. God has sent me to utterly destroy you. God has sent me on an assignment to destroy and eradicate you from the planet. He's on my side. Well, again, Hezekiah is tempted to despair. Again, who can blame him? And that's when... God speaks to Isaiah and says, you better go prophesy to him again. And that's the background of Isaiah 54, 15. On that day, Isaiah comes to the king and says, hear the word of the Lord. If anyone attacks you, don't for a moment, suppose I sent them. And if any attack you, nothing will come of it. I create the blacksmith who fires up his forge and, and makes weapons designed to kill. I also create the destroyer. I didn't create them to do that. And I'll take care of it. I didn't create them for that. But know this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. 
This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Well, after this, everything accelerates. I mean, fast speed. After this, and knowing this background, you see one of the fiercest judgments in history take place. You see almost an overnight reset of history. It's amazing. Jewish historians say the angels, Michael and Gabriel, are behind it. I don't doubt that at all. Jewish historians declare the seraphim. The seraphim are behind this. When the sun came up, 185,000 Syrian soldiers who lay siege against God's people with weapons they had made were dead. They don't know how it happened. Historians Josephus and Herodotus and others record the event and that it did happen. They think the disease from rats feeding on dead bodies got, this disease got into the water supply of the Assyrians and a plague began to, a vicious deadly plague began to spread overnight because most of the Syrian Dead soldiers had vomited blood. Again, a historic fact. It was literally as though God took their bloodthirstiness and drowned them in it using seraphims. The siege was broken and history was reset. One of the most supernatural moments in history. Sennacherib and his army retreated back to Nineveh. And a few years later, while he was worshiping in the temple of Nisroch, the Assyrian god of agriculture, one of his own sons pushed over a lamassu, it's a statue of a protective deity, and crushed him to death. The Lamassu had a man's head, a bull's body, and eagle's wings. Poetic justice? No. God's justice. Every tongue that rises against you shall be condemned. No weapon formed against you will prosper. The prophetic word from 690 B.C. is being prophesied again in our times. It is right in front of your eyes. When God gave me the prophetic word about war eagles rising on June 2nd, 2013, I didn't know any of this, but I knew I had to find out what this meant and begin to get prophetic insight. The head of the church, 
King Jesus, the head of the ecclesia, the head of the kingdom. Jesus, the head of the church, is prophesying out of a failed siege once again. One we are seeing right now. Something awesome is happening. Hear the word of the Lord. An incredible warrior force is being released into the earth realm. There's never been one like it. They are my war eagles. And my eagle force will partner with my angel force. It will partner with my seraphim. They will be led by Lord Sabaoth, Holy Spirit. The Lord says, my war eagles will ride the waves of my glory. They will ride the currents of my winds. They will ride the outrayings of my presence. And they will begin to manifest the works of my kingdom. They will demonstrate my power and they will accomplish my will, my way. They will ride my tsunami wave ablaze in my glory. Not one kingdom will be too hard for them. Know that the coming generation of war eagles have been groomed and reserved for hell's siege of earth. They will now be loosed. They will not bow to the enemies of their God. They will not pay ransom to any enemy a king. They will not bow to demon threats, government threats, regimes threats, societal or cultural threats. They will not listen to propaganda and they will not listen to insults. They will not allow me to be lumped in with other gods. They will wrap themselves to me and I will fly with them. They will twist their grip around me and I will mount up with them. We will soar. They will run carried by me at speeds the enemy cannot outrun. We will leap the barriers. We will leap the walls. We will catapult into demonic blockades and we will break them to pieces. We will shatter the gates of hell. My war eagles will now rise with me. They will scream with hunting aggression and ride me into battle. They will battle vicious, cruel regimes. They will bring deliverance to the tortured, to the captives. They will tear down the altars of Baal. They will grind and destroy the serpent poles. They will not surrender in fear, though surrounded. The odds against them will not rattle them. They will not be shaken. 
They will not give up. Though facts look gruesome, they will not relent to new weapons of war used against them. New tactics of war will only strengthen their grip upon me. It will only strengthen their resolve. They will fly with my weight tied to them. The weight of my presence will be braided into them. They will circle and they will dive and they will devastate the thrones of hell. The adversaries of my kingdom will be the prey. And my unique eagle force will be terrifying splendor. They will terrify hell's regimes because they ride in my presence. My war eagles wrapped to me will soar in supernatural power and they will ride the wind currents of my presence. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. My spirit will renew them. My spirit will re-strengthen them. They will reoxygenate in my presence. My angels will ride with them. They will mount up on wings like eagles. And no weapon formed against them will prosper. This is the heritage of my sons and my daughters. Says the Lord, says the Lord. God is about to bring a reset and don't think he can't. Who's it coming through? I've said it for three or four weeks now, and I'm tired, so I'm quitting. It's my birthday. You know. It's coming through a holy remnant, partnering with seraphim, and it's going to knock these thrones down. And reset is coming. Yeah, the, the war is fierce. Yeah, the shaking's fierce. But our God knows what he's doing. And out of history, the prophetic word of the Lord is coming forth. I will do exactly what I said. Now, I have an apostolic assignment to pray. Singers and musicians, come and I'll pray it because the Lord said today, I will release my war eagles. Whenever he chooses to do those kinds of things, you know he partners with the ecclesia. Don't have time to teach that, but I have. He partners with his sons and daughters that he has given authority to. And sometimes he gives an assignment to apostles. 
And I have that today. I've just told you what's going to happen. But he said, today I will activate. I'm going to lose. I'm releasing the war eagles today. And not that I am anything. I am just a soldier on assignment. But if he says do it, I'll do it. And so I'm going to pray for the release of war eagles all over this world today. Stand, if you will, and come into agreement. You are... He has told us we're command sender. Sometimes from the command center you command. Just because that's what he says. Sometimes you just do what he says. In the authority you have given, Lord, to your people, we stand today hearing you provide a prophetic picture for this time. And you have said, this day I will release my war eagles. Now that's a massive release of your kingdom. Seraphim, angel armies, Sons and daughters, ecclesias. And so, Lord, at your command, now I know why all the government angels surrounded me this morning, and they're here, and the seraphim as well. Take this word now. The call goes out. We declare the war eagles of the living God now rise this day. Will arise. In this nation, they will arise in the states. They will arise through the United States of America, all capitals, counties. The war eagles are rising. They will rise to ride the glorious presence of a living God, to rise with authority to attack demon powers that are influencing the natural realms. They will arise in the nations of the world. They will arise in Israel. We declare the word of the Lord. Today, war eagles, rise. Rise and fly your missions. Rise. Move into the glory realms of your God. Tie yourself to him. Braid yourself to him. Fly with the power and authority of the kingdom of God to begin to bring the reset he has stated. We declare in Jesus' name, war eagles will be awakened on their beds. They'll be awakened in the mornings. They'll be stirred at lunch. They'll be stirred in their heart. You will align your heart with their heart. They will come into alignment. Supernaturally, this day, you will braid yourself into them. Do it now. Do it now in this room. Braid your presence into them. Braid your presence into them so that they would ride with you. Today, we declare the war eagles rise all over this nation and all around this world. And they will mount up on the wings. They will mount up on wings that are 
that are picking up the, the, the glory lifts of the kingdom, the glory realms, and begin to, to fly guided by presence, guided by glory, soaring with you into times that have been implemented by demon powers, soaring with you to destroy the works of darkness, soaring with you, soaring with angels, soaring with the seraphim, soaring with Michael and Gabriel, soaring to knock down the powers of hell that are killing, stilling, and destroying. Flying with a truth, you said they would fly with healing, being healers, deliverers, truth, truth bearers. May they fly with healing and fly with deliverance and fly with truth. Activate them, Lord, young, old, generational, all the generations now that are willing to align with your heart. All of those warriors of heaven, those remnant warriors that have stood and stood and stood. Supernaturally, Holy Spirit, pour out power from heaven and supernaturally braid the presence of the living God into them. Braid, braid God into their minds. Braid God into their spirit. Braid God into their soul. Braid the presence of the living God into their physical bodies. Braid God into them. So that when they fly, they fly braided together with God. The mighty ones, the warrior ones, the war eagles rise. We declare this day, this word goes forth to the body of Christ. This word goes forth to the ecclesia. Rise and fly with him, braided in the presence of the living God, of the living God. May we be sensitive to ride the wind with you where the wind goes ride with you where the wind goes ride with you where the wind goes dive accelerating on the winds of your presence taking out the powers of hell striking them Riding with you, Lord. Riding the currents of your presence. Riding the waves of your presence. We will ride those winds, Lord. Reoxygenate, restrengthen. ourselves to you today. We wrap our 
our lives around you, God. We wrap our heart to yours. We wrap our ways to you. We wrap the core of our being, our soul. We wrap to you today, hallelujah. Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise your name. This day, Lord, let the announcement of the King go forth into the land. This day, let the announcement of the King go forth into the land. And no weapon formed against it will succeed. No weapon formed against it will succeed. No weapon will succeed. feel like this, the assignment is just take one more minute please and just marinate in his presence just let yourself braid to him a moment just take don't worry just take a minute or so this I think sometimes you walk out of it just just soak it a minute to, to braid yourself to him Allow that to happen, however you do it. Braid your heart to him, braid your mind to him. Or I just braid everything that I am to you. Everything about me. I just braid myself, I, I, I tie myself to you. Braid your presence into me. with you you're like an atmosphere Lord that is without and within soak your warriors today 
soak these war eagles to fly with you. Oh, we worship you. The weight of your presence braided into us. Everything, everything, everything. So, Lord, we are confident that when we follow your assignment, flowing in your will, your way, we can count on you to do what you say. And we are counting on that. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Amen.